Recording in progress. So today I'm going to begin with the question, why don't I like to speak up? Why do I not like to voice something in fear of complaining? In the past couple of years, there really has been a very large emphasis on not complaining and putting it to a specific thing. It's mind-boggling that I would actually find or there would actually be a complaint in yoga or even running. I love running. I love yoga. Um, but I do find that this is a revolving pattern because this even happens at my gym. I would go to my gym and it would originally be what I deemed my sanctuary, my quiet time, my peace. When I de-stress, chillax, relax, and all those other things from my life. It was a, a retreat that I took into my day. And even though I was in a group exercise program, I was able to find that solitude amongst people. You hear about energies, like, and you hear about it from a mystic standpoint, astrologists, you know, tarot card readers, voodoo and voodoo practitioners, people who lean towards the mystic side of life, spiritual side of life, even in yoga, chakras, your energy system from polarities of your root all the way to the crown chakra. They've actually been scientifically proven that your body consists of emotive energy. And while one doesn't necessarily have to subscribe to the mystic route, it's, it's you would be remiss on yourself and I would consider you in a denial if you say that vibes and energies don't exist. These are the things that afflict us. These are the things that send us into our feelings. When somebody says a cross word to you, they say it with a particular energy. The person speaking it may not always be self-aware 
that they're speaking in that particular energy. And so when it so comes to you, you receive it as they genuinely intended it to be. And when you say, well, that comment just hurt my feelings. At times, the real, the, the, the shock that they reel themselves back into is genuine at times. It's a manipulation. That, that's that's when the guesswork begins is and that's whenever the personal relationship between the two of you that's why context matters that's why i can't say all times that somebody says a crossword it's meant in a negative way and like i said this is just me speaking That being said, as a trauma survivor, as a domestic abuse survivor, I read the room. I read energies. I, whenever I'm into this, in these, like say a corporate meeting and uh, whatever you call like a evaluation review or whatever, I, I know how to send my mind into a spiral to where I'm listening and evaluating with a poker face on. People told me I needed to fix my poker face, so they get upset when I fixed it. Oh, well. Um, but I can, I, I, I read the room with it. Brand actors. And, and, and honestly, I, I will actually approach the people at the yoga gym because it's, it's also stuck with me since Friday because I've noticed the female cattiness. And that could also be what scared me away from yoga teacher training at that particular place is because yoga is a peaceful practice. Yoga is a spiritual practice. I go to yoga to practice my, that is my church. That is my inner religion. I don't have a dedicated religion. Don't try to change that. My past with religion is not a happy one. You are barking down the wrong path, brother, sister. Don't change that with me. Do not. Because it's not happening. Hard boundary. That is my spirituality. That is me. But when I can tell that another yoga teacher is essentially harassing another yoga teacher and I can tell what the bickering is about I you know what honestly I do feel that is a problem it's it's something that spirals us into a mental wall it's why I stopped going to 
that's why I stopped really wanting to go to the gym. It's these people who sit and complain about the workout. These people who are over competitive about the workout. And it happens in yoga too. There's this, there's a, uh, there's a, there's a group of yoga classes that I attend. She walks in with the biggest chip on her shoulder and, and she teaches somewhere else. And that particular representation that she shows in that yoga class when she comes to practice, that's not that's not very yoga. That's not a yogi. That is somebody who is she's she's a good person. Don't don't do not words in my mouth. She's trouble. She, you know, I've already explained to her where her troubles lay uh, from a mystic standpoint. Um, and so was this teacher. And so was the teacher who's being harassed. I can't stand up for this teacher because it's her job to speak up. But an issue is that it is affecting class participation and the atmosphere that was, that's not. And but what I mean by that is when The atmosphere is calm and people are generally content or minding their own energy bubbles. There's an overall peaceful practice. You walk in with a sense of peace. You practice with a sense of peace. And you walk out with it. What happens in certain classes is you walk in and you could feel the negative. This this person who is the practitioner, I could feel her energy as she is walking down the street. I can tell you when she's directly on my back, like walking into the room, and I can feel her. I mean, the bad energy sticks with her. So fortunately, she's not one of those messy energy people that just like sends it everywhere. But I mean, it is so distinct and so disruptive that it's a situation where I'm like, wow, okay. I don't want to talk to her. And I don't have, and, and I'm not, nobody's forcing me to, I'm not really... You know what I'm saying? I'm not really trying to interact with that person either. I'm just using that particular energy vibe as an example. Uh, same with this teacher's class. I took a month off hoping that things would dissipate. For me, my 
my deep inset feelings dissipated. But the instant I walked into that class, I made the realization that I'm no longer going to participate in that class. I felt bad energy vibe. I didn't like what she said at the beginning of class. I didn't like the way she presented it. Uh, there's trying too hard. And then there's like verging on inappropriate. And I can't say it's the topic because if she was trying to harp on me personally, she chose the wrong topic. But it, I know it's a topic that the other practitioner, the other teacher struggles with. And it's, she's mentioned many things that she's in argument with, with the other teacher. This is why I stopped going to her class. And this particular class, I was able to go into my bubble during practice and it was beautiful. However, at the end of class, again, that phrase that was taken out of context. This beautiful class, I found my peace, I found a center. And then I'm told, I hope you never find what you are searching for. Ah, okay. And this is also a poem that was first presented by this other teacher. So going on probable cause, I now have 50% on the likely that whatever interactions are happening on the inner workings of the gym are happening, are starting to bleed through the class. Um, with the gym, again, it's still, you know, a lot of the gym problems was the teachers weren't listening to me. I told them I wanted to do sprints. I wanted to do that. Uh, but the cute little blonde girls didn't want to do anything hard. And so, it, you know, and that was on me. Instead of leaving the gym immediately and finding a place that had the type of athletic atmosphere that I wanted and need for the fitness level I was at, um, that that's on me. That's on me. I stayed because I wanted to support somebody who I thought was my friend. Uh, that ended up just participating in body shaming. And the way that happened was a lot worse. Made me feel a lot worse. I mean, I cried. I actually posted tears on my social media uh, because it really, it, it, it made me that angry. It made me that upset. I don't have to be open about what my problems are with my body. Because, you know, dude, that's part of the struggle is 
I was going to the gym consistently. And I still felt that way about my body. So that clued me in early on that there was something internally going on. I didn't go a lot of mad. I didn't go Puerto Rican on them because, again, the consideration that they're young. Thinking back, a lot of they're still obsessing themselves about being thin, fit, muscly. It's muscly's not always attractive. Muscles happen, and muscles are beautiful when. They are naturally defined. Like I have, I have some beautifully defined arm, forearm muscles. Like they're beautiful. They really are, but they're natural. They're not bulk. They're not, you know, I do vitamin supplements, like turmeric and like the stuff that a company sells. But it's 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 all natural proteins and stuff like that. It's not it's not anything wild or illegal. Um, you follow a what I call a normal diet, meaning I eat I eat I maybe eat plant based, but I eat protein, I eat chicken, but I also eat pizza. I don't. I, I don't deny myself. If I want cake, I will go eat cake. A lot of it, yes, has to do with the knowledge that I will run. I will run. I will exercise. I do exercise. I do take care of myself 99% of the time. So when Christmas and Thanksgiving roll around, baby, bring on that pie. Bring on the turkey. I eat with no shame. I, I don't. I, I remember when I first came to New Orleans, somebody tried to shame me. But thing about me is that I'm I'm a strawberry blonde. I'm not completely blonde. Um, but sometimes I don't understand. I guess because it just really like. My best friend in high school taught me how to eat french fries, and I copied off of him because I loved it. He'd grab a handful and eat, like, two or three at the same time. Like, okay, I love fries. I can express my love with that. And that's how I always eat my fries. So when the comment, I have my window down on the road and I'm eating in the car, and somebody rolls down and makes, makes a very rude comment, but I didn't realize it was rude and <laughs> I, it was like six or seven years later I didn't realize that he was trying to shame me like it was <laughs> that, that's how my mind works is that I don't go there naturally that is not an insult is not my first thought so if I actually find complaints in something chances are it's built with substantial evidence and with months or years of of uh, repeated behavior 
And ultimately, like, I'm just trying to word the complaint to where it sat, where it, it shows that that there's a disruption in the environment that needs to be addressed. And it's not necessarily that this practitioner is going through something or struggling with something or even having a workplace battle with somebody because it happens. This is why I don't, why I'm not rushing to get back to work is because I was in such a toxic environment such, I mean, the ultimate place for workplace campaign. I mean, the former lieutenant was best friends with the person who ran a smear campaign against me because I wouldn't sleep with him. So, I, I, I mean, like, if your mind is blown, yeah. But, you know, I'm trying to process all that and not be angry about it because it's in the past. These people aren't in my life anymore, aren't in my life anymore. These people have problems far greater than what they could ever wish upon me. And ultimately, that is why those words upset me sit for that teacher to say those words at the end of the class that is why those that phrase used as it is that is why it upsets me because they are not words of encouragement in the context being said they are words saying that i hope you stay stuck in your trauma i hope you stay stuck in the spiritual place that you are and never grow, never attain enlightenment, never, well, it, that's, that's really hard to attain. But you know what I'm saying? Like you are saying, I hope you stay small. I hope you stay in that dark place. And in that particular context, that's, that's horrible. That's a horrible thing for somebody to misread. And feel the sliding emotions that can be involved with that particular statement. However, the yoga teacher still has a lot to offer. She has a good class. But these people are losing themselves. And they're losing themselves so much that it's, that it's obvious. And whenever you're a leader and you get lost, this is the phrase you fake it until you make it. Because if the people that you are leading know for 100% surety that you are lost. They're going to stop following. They're going to start dissenting. 
They're going to start trying to mutiny. They're going to not, it's not that serious with the yoga dudes, but essentially, that, I mean, that's catastrophizing right there. You know, nobody's going to mutin, mutiny the yoga class. Uh, I don't know. Maybe she's feeling threatened. Maybe, you know, like I know, I know the curiosity I've drawn at that particular place. But I also know that I really don't, without further communication, I, I can't care or not care about the feelings that bring. And for the ones that I've understood, I don't, my, my empathy is zero because it flips back to insecurity. I'm not an insecure person. I have emotional ups and downs and I have trouble processing. Uh, you know, and in reality, I do feel that my running sanctuary really was desecrated. My running sanctuary was entered in without authorization. It was private. I, I'm going to use his real name because let's see. I, because honestly, he's a real person we dated. He said it, whether he denies it or not. I, I, I can't keep pretending he's like Voldemort and doesn't exist. I'm not, I'm not defaming him. I'm not slandering him. His name is is in actuality is, and he Anthony did say when we broke up that he wished, he wanted me to run my half marathon. I didn't officially invite Anthony into my running world. I, I did not. I liked him. I, I still like him a lot. The actions after we broke up, there's, there's really in the next lifetime, should we meet? He is, he is going, let's just say, I've never experienced that in my life. That, that was definitely a first time experiencing what I experienced. And that showed me where he was at. So maybe three or four lifetimes from now, I know last time it took quite a few centuries. So that that's a half joke. But yeah, he violated my running sanctuary by saying it. I didn't invite him to New York with me. I, I, I was kind of debating it. I like the idea of him waiting. I did invite him to the rock and roll half marathon that I had to I had to cancel 
because of I got COVID. Um, I did invite him to that, but like I said, I couldn't do it. I had to cancel. But I, I, we weren't even there, you know, like to the time that we were together. Uh, an out of state trip with my daughter to my to my family. We really were not there. Um, I was taking it slow. I was open to the relationship. And sort of emotionally. But again, it, it, it really did violate my my mind. Just like the running friend beforehand. Like, I, I'm still not really sure how that was intertangled into my running progress. But that was such a weird, that was like a work friend thing. And that's the person who ran the smear campaign, whose best friend was a lieutenant who retaliated against me. And before everybody goes on their haunches, proving retaliation in Louisiana is very, we are a right to work state. And it was a right to work job. It wasn't like the airport where it was federally protected after so many years. Um, and as the current feelings towards the police departments are, I that was my lesson in seeing the truth and seeing what oppression was, how they felt about women, how they felt about women of color, and how they felt about complaints of color regarding bad behavior regarding regarding that particular issue. Uh, I didn't want to believe it. You know, I I decided I whenever I learned of my heritage in my teenage years. Yeah, I thought everybody ate oro con tondulas and pasteles and oro con uh, habichuelas. I thought that was everybody's food. So, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, my mom cooked burgers, my abuela cooked arroz con condolas y, y, y otra cosa, si, viste? A todos, a todos. Pero, that's, you know, I, I, I basically learned about my heritage and reflections in my home we're often discussed about my features. My brother does not look like he is from the same father and neither does my sister. We're all scientifically nuclear family. Uh, but it really just shows you the 
variety in in what DNA has to offer for us as humans now and what it means in the future. Uh, my brother and I are the closest in the appearance of our of our physical face and body structure. Uh, my sister has the same body structure, but she has a more British inclined, Irish inclined, Scottish inclined facial set. And yeah, my dad might be Scottish heritage lineage, not that direction. But the, also the funny part is Puerto Ricans, we have that too. We have been visited by Norwegians, Europeans, uh, settled by indigenous Dainos and and the, and the slaves brought through on the slave trade. So we have the Africans that were brought on the slave trade. That's a better phrase. We have, the Spaniards are included in the Europeans, but we have so many genetic pools to pull from. Um, I mean, it's been a journey. It has. When I first came to New Orleans, I didn't know what mulatto was. I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I just thought I'd be me. I, like I said, I didn't know. I had no grasp of what racism was. A lot of it was because I was in my own tiny little community. I didn't grasp what the concept of hate was uh, on a different level, not with the race. Uh, there were a lot of things I didn't know about life whenever I came to New Orleans at age 22. Uh, a lot of it was interrupted by Hurricane Katrina. And every time I've ventured into a group, I, I find myself entering into it like a naive child. I expected the running community, like, first of all, running's not everybody. You know, and everybody doesn't choose to do it as an athletic sport, but everybody can run. And that's what makes it so beautiful is that we who choose as a sport, we have a certain, certain spirit. We we run for a reason, whether we make it a tangible reason or we just run because we love it. It it it's still that that desire, that calling within us to run. I believe that over the few years that I have I've internalized my anger and stress so much that 
I have made that my sole motivation, subconsciously made it my sole motivation, put on my running shoes and run. I mean, I sit here right now, well, it's raining. It's disgusting. It's all gloomy and gray. I mean, I'm probably going to do treadmill later. Uh, I sit there, I've sit there and realized this week that since I've left that job, the stress factor that led me to put on my running shoes and run injured. Has that evaporated? Like, I, uh, I'm i like, at a loss. I lost my reasons for running, for diving into that wild, determined, to the nubs of my feet dropping reason to run back to back half marathons. The universe knew that was going to wreak havoc on my body. This is a moment where you can't deny the universe knowing what's better for you than what you as a human know better for yourself at that time. That time, I was angry. I was determined. I was determined to meet a goal in 2022. It wasn't just to reach half marathon status and run a half marathon. You know, it wasn't a gentle break and kindness to my body. I was, I was over-determined and over-fixated, and I couldn't see it. That's the only reason why what Anthony says still affects me to this day, is that I put too much emphasis on it. Because he said it, he didn't say it to me. He didn't say it. Because that's an argument that we had. He didn't say it because that's what he really wanted. He didn't want, he was trying to, whatever he was internalizing himself, whenever he said it out loud, he only knows. He only knows what the dialogue before, during, while he said it, and after. Uh, and it really, it could have done. It could have done nothing to do with my half marathon. There were many reasons. On his own internal struggle with former things, aside from being the refugee, there were there were issues, and it could have just been a reflection of something he self-taught himself. Instead of seeking therapy, something that he self-taught, like I, I seek therapy, but I still self-teach, which is the point. 
is that we're here to guide you. And then we're here to guide you to self-teaching yourself outside of therapy. Uh, it could have been a self-teaching, self-reflection moment that he used previous tool with a context that he had no right talking about. He, we, we didn't talk about anything. Any, I, I failed myself as a runner by not talking relentlessly about running to him. Like, that's how much, that's how little I, I, you know, not a little, we share things, we share different things, uh, different stories, uh, but like I said, I didn't even let them in my running world, and I, to me, letting you into my running world, especially like this, it's a big step for me, because it is. It's my work. Running is my head. Um, it took me over a year to learn how to run with music before I wouldn't run with headphones in or whatever. And just learning how to run with music and inviting something else into my world. It's, it, it, it I mean, just music. Uh, but then again, that that goes back to being consistently rejected by by the community. I was rejected by initially. I was rejected by the New Orleans community. Uh, my first solo trip to Puerto Rico, I was actually initially rejected by the Puerto Rican community. Like I just went to San Juan. But they were not, they were not having it. Uh, initially, I, I mean, initially and completely, I was rejected by the policing community. I was rejected by my family unit. My family unit. My family doesn't speak to me. My family doesn't include me. Why? That's beyond me. That is beyond me. Uh, part of the reason is why we don't communicate. But part of the reason I've understood from my mother, and I, and I'm, I'm healing that mother wound. Uh, but I'm not here to trash people. Uh, let's see, I was rejected by my ex-husband's family. Uh. I, re I rejected the sister-in-law because she was treating me like trash. But it, it was, you know, made very obvious. But it, it also makes sense reflecting on everything, which is why I was able to heal. So every community that I have attempted to be a part of, the past 17 years. Has initially rejected me. 
I don't know what happened. But I am grateful for whatever atmosphere you changed. I know because of the internet and because of exposure to the Hispanic community, New Orleans has grown as a city. And I believe a lot of the youth growing up, they see our similarities. They, they, you know, it's not as, before I get myself into hot water, New Orleans is a beautiful place. I wouldn't have stayed in New Orleans if I didn't feel I belong there. I hold no grudges. I've always known that going to that city, I didn't know a lot of what we call transplants. Go to that city when I went to that city. But from hearing and speaking with people of the community, it's, it's exposure. It's the biggest little city you may, may ever find. It's a very populated city. However, it's conducted as if it's little Bowtown, USA. And just like me, how I grew up sheltered. And until the internet was really a thing, people in a whole US, the world, the town I came from, the town of 1,500 people that I came from, the whole high school in some places. I came from a town of 1,500 people, 1,500. So exposure to different cultures, different people, different skin tones, different lives, different beliefs, different ways of being able to express yourself and believe and grow. Believe me, had I stayed in Jennings, I wouldn't have been exposed to yoga. I wouldn't have been exposed to 99% of the things that I have experienced and that have allowed me to grow beyond where I was at. So everything, the bad, good, ugly, and beautiful, chaotic, and peaceful, best thing in my life, best thing in the universe. I am not complaining. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not going, oh, no. Uh, these are just experiences as my perspective and as I'm comfortable in relaying them. Um, because like I said, I, <laughs> for as brief a moment that Anthony and I were together, the doors he opened, and like I said before, everything happens for a reason. You meet people for a reason. This is, this is legitimate proof 
for me. Like I said, the airport. I met tens of thousands of people annually for seven years. So that means over 100,000 people I have been exposed to. So the 30 people that I have in my life and then the three people that are close to me, those people are special to me because they are definitely meant to be a part of one's life. The three people that are close to you or that you've experienced closeness with, that you've attempted to be vulnerable with and it failed, or attempted to be vulnerable with and it and it passed the test. They're meant to be in your life. It took me two years to understand why I had a daughter, why I had a child. And my marriage ended anyway. It's it's tough for a woman to admit this. Especially one with a child. Like, this is why when people comment openly about being childless or child, mother, blah, blah, blah. You have to be sensitive about those things. You cannot say those things in a gruesome, abrupt manner. You can't. I I shamed myself for two years trying to understand the point of my daughter. Why? Why why is it a one and done? What in the world? But I, I found my peace with it and my the relationship with my daughter has blossomed and it's thriving because I analyzed it and I I accepted, I accepted that there are some things that are meant to be that you're not going to understand. And for a person, a person coming out of trauma, it's hard because understanding everything means the world. Why do you cross your eyes like that? Why? Do you sniffle every third word? It it all has to have some sort of meaning to us. Uh, so on the flip, meeting him and ending it with him, and, and I say ending it, he ended it, not nah, he ended it. He ran. He ran away like a coward. Um, that's something he even admitted himself. I was I, I and as as attached that I got to him, it wasn't really anything emotional. It was one of those where it was like when you are a first responder, military, what whatever your title is, 
you're put in a place where you exaggerate attachments easily. You don't, you try not to leave the house without telling your kids you love them. There have been instances where something called the last photo. You take a photo with your kid or children or family member before you leave for work, just in case it's the last time you see them. On the news, left and right, up down, victim down. It, it's one of those where there's songs that I'm gonna, that, that the one was like, I'm gonna love you like I'm gonna lose you. Songs like that, it, I think it also motivates that type of culture, the pleasure culture in the background. Because when incidents happen, it, it's not, I am not even, do not put words in my mouth. I am not condoning the behavior. I am presenting it from a rationale. It's also a moment where you really can say, stop, I have a significant other, but this, it happens. And I'm not gonna deny that it happens. It happens in police culture, I have witnessed it. Uh, I don't go run and tell people because it's not my business. So you have this emotional situation and you're with this person. Like, side by side, working with them. And both of them could be in a committed relationship. But that particular moment, your adrenaline is pumping. So, and the near miss, the near incident, the fear, the hearing about it while you're on shift or whatever, it essentially causes an attachment reaction to where you're like, I've got to grab on to the next thing that pops into my life and hold on to that. Because what if, almost like a fear of missing out, but not the same. Uh, so that's kind of what Anthony was. It wasn't a, I think I'm gonna end up alone type of situation. It was, I am ready to be attached to somebody. I am ready to prove that I can feel that I'm emotionally open um, and And it was, it was me, for me, it was a moment of indignation. So-and-so is not going to dictate my life. I can't believe that's what he was mentally trying to get me to do. Find a way on him and never, you know, ruin every opportunity that goes along. Well, I'm going to show that person, uh, whoever that person might be. Um... Uh, it, it's thoughts like that. It, it's it's indignation thoughts of is my life ever going to start? Am I ever going to have a moment to myself 
what a, you know that 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 moment where you're like I'm going to start living for me. A lot of the sadness came from just being. Exhausted. My body's still exhausted. Six months after I left police force. Uh, I'm and I know I'm in a better place physically than a lot of other people who have gone on to longer years. Um but a lot of my frustration is lending toward the fact that I didn't just it is the I can't deny it. My my body it takes me over an hour every morning still to get up and move and get that blood running and body moving to where I'm not in excruciating pain. That's that's part of the reason why I stall on my run is because like I said. For some reason, running three miles, I come back to crippling pain. But if I up the mileage past six, I I somehow don't feel pain. I don't know if it's just numb at that point because the pain comes back. And then I'm, I'm down for two or three, no. Oh goodness, no, um, not three days. Like five five days to a week I'm down. And that's the frustrating part is that I'm healed. I'm healed. Like the the leg is healed, my hip is healed. Like I, where is this pain coming from? Is it psychosomatic? I think a little bit it was because as I've worked out the details on some of the things that that there has been pain that's been evaporated, but no, no, it's not. It, it's real pain. It's actually been diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Uh, And it's a situation where it's manageable. But I don't know. It's it's a situation where it it really oh, so going back anyway to the flip side that with the whole situation with Anthony it led me into the flip side of things all of a sudden my relationship with New Orleans like I literally felt like all of a sudden I was accepted into this community like literally I even as a police officer, like these people were accepting me. And I was like beyond thrilled. I'm like, wow, 
like do you uh, i'm like i didn't say it out loud but in my mind i was like do you understand wow yeah okay yeah and then that followed with another trip another solo trip to puerto rico and even in San Juan, where I experienced the worst of it, like before, in 2019, which I, I, I believe it probably was a lot to do with their frustration with Maria, um, and maybe not, for, but for some reason, people didn't see me as anything else but Puerto Rico. And to explain how that filled my soul with such happiness. I can't. You know, I went there with sad business, sad news. Uh, you know, I visited my family's. I don't, I don't. Lord, Lord, forgive me. I don't remember where my great grandmother was buried in in the cemetery in Fatal. I visited the cemetery and did a thing uh, because my grandfather wanted to go back and visit his mother's grave before she before he passed, but he was never able to. Um, uh, I I I also feel he probably wanted to let go and be buried, so he had to be buried in his wallow. Uh, so like I said, I did a thing and so now I I intend to follow through with our practice of visiting the cemetery every year that I can. Um, like I said, right now financially, it's not looking like I'm able to, but it, I don't have to really go again until July. Uh, so there that's like months away and I, I anticipate a change in finances. Uh, I, I mean, like it was amazing. And like I said, at, at this current yoga gym, I do feel, I do feel the desire for acceptance uh i i think it's just that i'm not aware of maybe the social structure that they follow like it teachers really teachers seem to be friends students but i've experienced uh, mostly i i'd like i don't know how many teachers but 99% and I'm not going to let that 0.5% scare me off. So, but that that little percentage is usually what bothers us from and stops us from having the entire experience as a whole. Um, that that really is that that's the mystery to me. That's something that I that I do need to contemplate on and think on uh, like I said I, I've, I've searched other 
yoga gyms in the area. Uh, I, 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 I feel that, like I said, like the social order is probably where I'm not really sure about what's going on. And it could really be a social thing that is presented that I that I was presented with in my last couple of half marathons too. Uh, essentially saying that they're really not my community and I personally I would like to work on just feeling keeping that secure feeling even when I met with the cross eyes or that judgmental side. I don't like to judge people. I don't. And that's that the long wind of it. That's why I don't like to complain. Because I do feel like I'm judging. I you know, this is a teacher. Okay, if she feels that this is a proper way to run a class, who am I to really say what am I complaining when I say what you know what I'm saying like I, I don't feel it's a complaint I don't feel it's a judgment but I'm still not feeling comfortable in starting the discussion you feel me I, 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 I know this uh, this isn't just something I made up, but it's it's laying out the pieces that's new to me. You know, being able to finally, like I've been able to organize time within the past few months, and it is spectacular. I, I still exhibit, I still exhibit qualities. Uh, Again, that that right there, that is a trademark of victims. Uh, oftentimes, when we want to say something, our mind gets stuck in some sort of freeze. And it's like that moment. Remember VHS is whenever you like rewind and really fast forward. And then you like, you're like, your mind just kind of, or even better yet, the internet loading screen, whenever you would do the dialogue and it would go, 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 go. And then all of a sudden, it would like do this huge rotation and then it'd be like, well, um, even further back, like the rotary pump, you bring it to a number and it doesn't quite go. And so you have dial it all back and try and find that that wheel of thought that's in your mind. Um, I know I want to run. I know I want to do yoga today. And yet, as I say those things, that freeze response 
in the area of my penile gland. Like it literally started hurting. The instant I voiced that desire. I and I I'm going to attribute that to freeze response. But I'm not sure why it's eliciting freeze response because I, I guess so. I've I've been violated in yoga. I've I've actually felt unsafe at a yoga practice. My response to that is I'm no longer going to attend that person. I'm going to bring up the situation to the to the yoga gym. And I'm going to bring it up to them with the solution I created uh, just for distance, just for my mental distance, because that actually worked. Uh, and I'm going to presume there's a violation of sanctity. I think that's the right word. Let's just pretend that is the right word. Uh, there's a violation of my sanctuary. There was a, a, a grave violation of my running sanctuary. And how can I get those places back to being my safe spot? How can they be my safety zone? How can I find my way back to safety? 